We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Crossover Show, today with everyone's favorite punchable face, Davis Maddock. We're talking about the worst teams in the NFL by win totals and which ones are actually going to be the worst. Maybe some teams that have higher win totals that may not end up being so good prepare for us to be very wrong by a lot of these predictions but it's nice to jump back into football plus regular davis stuff after we talk nfl for about an hour we get into the other stuff that we enjoy talking about we talk about rfk for a bit we talk twitter versus threads and if anyone's actually going to threads the answer is no everyone is actually going to stay on twitter let's see deep fakes the tv bracket best ball cardio my trip to the calgary stampede all that fun stuff. So again, smash the like while you're here. Sub to the channel. Press it so hard that you break Davis's face with that smashing of the like epi- like to the episode and subbing to the channel. And the audio podcast. Always leave a rating and review. All of that fun stuff. You can check out Davis's weekly podcast, which this will be co-streaming on, on the TakeCast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But enough of me. Let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome into the joint TakeCast, PME, Davis Maddock, and Pat Mayo with you here. Uh, Pat and I both just had a nice little opening in our schedule, so we figured we might as well get the band back together. We're going to hit you with a little bit of NFL talk. 
to begin with to keep the SEO monsters happy. We're going to be talking about the five worst teams in the NFL. I have at least one topic. Actually, I have a couple that I want to talk to Pat about. We'll see how the schedule goes. And and Pat has the same. So, uh, and we both just got back from vacation. So we're tan. We are, uh, you know, dealing with the stress of catching up with emails and meetings and things that uh, were missed when we we're abroad. And we're both not happy with our golf game. So it's it's a really good time, I think, for us to do a show. I always monitor my emails on vacation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do, I do too, but I don't respond to all of them. I I monitor all of them, but you know, there there is layers to these things. There's emails that need responding immediately. There's uh, emails that you can get to that day, and it's fine. And then there's a category of emails that you're like, okay, I'll deal with that when I'm at a computer and I have access to all my, you know, all the all the stuff that I need. I, I just respond right away. <clears throat> yeah, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that on because like. There's just the, there's a certain layer of work that is needed for some of them that I'm like, I just am not, I'm not doing this right now. And, and I don't have a great system to have access to all my records and data and everything that I would need. Uh, you know, even, even like personal stuff like bills and, and whatnot, uh, that's all on my computer. So if I'm on vacation, I don't have that because it's all on my desktop. Oh, so you, uh, you have everything stored on a desktop. You don't have everything like on a laptop with you? No, because I have a huge uh mac desktop like I, it has a bunch of processing power and everything so i and my macbook is crappy i just have like a macbook air that like i honestly mostly just play video games on uh so it, it used to be my work computer like a long time ago like when i was in college and stuff but it is it's outlived its usefulness at this point yeah we we recently transitioned uh, i have like a 2013 macbook air and it runs all the graphics that you see in my big studio so like when you see, you know, rotating graphics on like the desk, the TV and the desk, that's just a screen mirror with that computer. I, it lasted a pretty long time for like the shit that I put it through, though. I was actually quite surprised. Honestly, at this point, my desktop is probably old enough that if I bought one of the higher powered laptops, I would probably get closer or close to the same computing power. So maybe I need to look into that because it is, uh, you know, being able to bring your work with you wherever is pretty nice. Although it, it's nice, but in a way it's also nice to be like, what do you want me to do, man? I'm at the beach. Like it is what it is. Yeah. There's that element of it too. I guess that's the difference between business owner employee. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, I can, if I, if my, if, if the powers that be at sports grid, no, like I'm out of the office. I don't have my camera. I don't have my ethernet. I'm not hardwired. Like, there's nothing they could even ask me to do that I would even be capable of doing. So maybe that is, maybe that is a nice boundary for me. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I had, I was in Minnesota for business and then the live PGA stuff broke. So I did like an impromptu show from the golf club that I was at, where I was having meetings from that day. I was like, I gotta, I gotta dip out for an hour here. I gotta do a live show. Fortunately, I had a microphone on me and I just used like the laptop computer and it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I had been on vacation for that, I would have found a way to do it. I would have just, you know, I don't know. I would, I would have maybe even just used my AirPod. My, I mean, they sound like shit, but I maybe would have done it anyways, because that was, that was big content. I mean, that was, that was important to get a show out on and it was so unexpected. I mean, we didn't even have rumors. We had no idea. And, and as you and I are talking right now to bring people behind the curtain, the Senate hearing on the live 
PGA stuff uh, about the Saudi public investment fund is it's happening right now. We're we're getting images of of Jimmy Dunn, you know, basically speaking to Congress, like as we're talking right now. I've checked out on all. I just don't care. Just tell me what happens. And... Well, it's over. It's it's over now. There's there's no there's no battle left to monitor. I think no, but just like when this stuff all wraps itself up and it looks like there's gonna be another year and a half of live, then that's great. I can bet on live this year and next year hopefully my range goats futures end up coming through for me at the end of this live season because gooch has been on a hot streak need bubba to play a little bit better but you know just let me know what i can bet on let me know what i can watch and i'll, I'll do that yeah i mean i i have not created enough space in my life to follow bet on well i guess uh i do check data golf to see if there are any like super high ev outrights on the live but I've never watched it. So it just, it's very, it's so immaterial to me. It hasn't impacted my life other than, uh, you know, creating more elevated events on, on the PGA tour. But yeah, I'm, I'm super checked out. There's, there's no reason to care about this anymore. The, the, the Saudis won. It is what it is. Uh, I've been super checked out on NFL and I know that you haven't been, but I wanted to get back into it today. And I've really been struggling just getting into fantasy this year. And this has been an ongoing process over like the past five years, like where so much of my bandwidth goes towards betting and even daily fantasy at this point that like the season long slash best ball stuff has really fallen by the wayside for me. Like I never like, it's the reason that I haven't really jumped into best ball. And I know that a lot of football creators don't have anything going on in May and June, whereas I do. So I don't need to fill that space with best ball content that I don't care about. And I feel like I've kind of been left behind on it. It's kind of strange, but I'm excited to just to talk about teams and reacclimate myself with everything because I don't know, maybe I like, I started watching Jack Ryan the other night and I really liked it. Like, have I become like a 57 year old dad? Dude, that is, oh my God. Like what if next, if you mentioned like a Tom Clancy novel to me at some point, I'm going to be like, dude, you gotta, something has got to change for you. That is, that is like, that is not, that is like greatest generation dad. That's not even baby boomer dad. That's like, that's like people who were born in like what, what Jack Ryan dude with, with, with Jim from the office. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, I literally cannot imagine watching this show. It's like good. CIA, it's, CIA it's really good. propaganda. It's CIA propaganda from the fucking guy from the office. Like, no chance am I watching this. Like, it would be outside of the top 100 things I would watch on on a flight or whatever. Well, it's got it's got Jack Ryan. I mean, you didn't enjoy the Jack Ryan movies. Like, you're not a big Hunt for Red October guy, which is an awesome movie. No, Hunt for Red October is good. I liked I liked Hunt for Red October, uh, which actually is going to loop into the the thing that I want to talk to you about. A little bit later is it but, about world's uh, fastest submarines no it's not it's not world's fat i have no i have no interest in uh in in ocean gate content submersible content um yeah hunt for red october obviously is is a great film but like jack ryan is is below my line you know what i mean you watch all those fucking terrible lord of the rings tv shows I yeah because I've read all the books. Who cares? So I, I you got, already knew I what got, happened. I, then you went back to watch them. I mean, I haven't read the Tom Clancy novels, and I will say, Jack Ryan, Amazon's just like with Lord of the Rings. Apparently, they've dumped the budget into the show. It's the last season of the show. It looks great. It's a spy thriller. I believe you. I mean, I I I have no doubt that what you're telling me is accurate. That it's a that it's a good show. That it's well made. That it's well filmed. That the acting is good. I just I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, people, I, I'm, this is a, uh, um, a feeling that we are all, 
that we all know. We we can feel it in our bones, which is someone's telling you about this show and they're like, oh, it's so great. You'll love it. And you're, you're like, oh, totally. And in the back of your mind, you're like, I will literally never once in my life click on that show. Like it just, we, we all, because media is so vast now you you if you even if you didn't have a job if you were the if you were the fail son of a wealthy billionaire you could never watch all the shows that you wanted to watch i wish sounds so great i know it doesn't it really i i can't imagine truly there have to be fewer happy people on earth than than the the nepo babies of billionaires who don't even have ambitions actually to accomplish anything or to justify their place and status they've just accepted that they are nepo babies like it's got to be it's got to be such a peaceful life yeah sounds great hopefully i hopefully i can get to the point where i can get my kids like that although i wouldn't want that for them the grind the grind is really where it's at it's always been my favorite part i'm not telling you that jack ryan's like the greatest show in the world but like we throw it on it's something both my wife and i can watch together it's perfect yeah i mean there's definitely no i i don't think i don't think i could sell i don't think i could sell my wife on on spy thriller she like james bond whatever she's not interested like so no no i mean just be like yo i mean james bond daniel craig shirt off let's go yeah not a not a selling point for her not she 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 yeah i don't think i don't think i don't think i could get her to go for it i mean She's, she's approving of this haircut you have going on so i don't know what she's thinking yeah, well, it's true. She hates the she hates the beard. She not a, not a fan of the beard. But you're like I, at this Trevor point, Lawrence's greasy brother. That's honestly huge compliment. I and I I, I I I Trevor Lawrence's greasy brother, but uh, who's like lifted a weight once in his life. That that dude is way too skinny. I don't know. He looks just like Steffi Graf. Yeah, not not good. That's not what you want. You don't want you don't want people to think you have the physique of a of a women's tennis player, women's soccer player, maybe not tennis player. All right. Well, worst teams. Let's talk about them because I don't think Jacksonville's gonna be one of the worst teams. Although it's possible. Oh no, you never know what happens I in mean, that division. Sure, you never know. The worst the worst team is gonna be the Arizona Cardinals, right? They they cut DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray's probably not gonna play this season. If he does, it'll be later, and it would just be basically for the new head coach. Uh, to get rich, uh, rich, can't, no, no, it's not. Uh, he's got a he's got a name that sounds a lot like uh Rich Gannon, which always messes me up. Uh, but basically they're just gonna be bad. They have they they want to get the Jonathan Gannon, so they want to get the number one overall pick. What makes it more interesting though, the the wrinkle here is that they also own the Houston Texans first round pick due to the the egregious will anderson trade that the texans front office made i mean truly one of the dumbest trades in nfl history i think and they really they're the cardinal season i think would be considered a failure if they do not get the number one overall pick and either select caleb williams next season with that pick or get one of the largest returns in nfl history for a number one overall pick if they you know if they decide kyler is the guy they want to ride with there's no way they can ride with Kyler if they end up with the number one pick though. Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, sure. If they get the number one pick and they, you know, Jonathan Gannon and his coaching staff, they say, you know what, Kyler actually the back half is contract pretty reasonable. We think he's good. We think he's fully recovered from the ACL. We actually, we actually would prefer to build around Kyler. It's it's, I mean, Kyler has played at, you know, pro like all pro levels at it's just that he is has really struggled with health. And I also think there's a pretty valid argument that he's had one of the dumbest coaches in the NFL for the entirety of his NFL career. And I'm pretty 
interested to see what he looks like when Cliff Kingsbury is not his coach. Um, but the other, the other thing is, uh, I mean, there could be a team that really wants Kyler, right? Uh, and that could end up happening next offseason. Like they could be, they could be shopping both packages. They could be shopping Kyler. They could be shopping the number one overall pick and just and just leave that optionality open. Like the commanders trading for Kyler Murray feels like such a such a headline. I could just envision it happening. I think that you would it would probably take less to get Kyler because you'd have to inherit the contract. And regardless if it gets 100%. better, if it gets better in the back end, that's fine and everything. But having Caleb Williams who is he's 21 now so he's gonna be let's see what's his birthday in november so he's gonna be 22 four and a half years younger than kyler like kyler if he doesn't play this year will be 27 by the next time he takes an nfl snap which is fine like that's you know prime of your career it to me would make some sense to trade for him if you're like one of these qb star franchises but i mean has he actually really been good? He's been like fantasy good, but has it really, he had like two really hot starts of the seasons and then just never amounted to anything. I mean, 2021 was the year you would point to if you wanted to say uh, he was nine and five in his starts, 7.9 YPA. And he was actually doing it without running a ton. In fact, that was the year where he kind of started to curtail his running only 88 attempts that season. And I, I think not surprisingly, uh, that was a year where they they surrounded him with uh, that was, I mean, Christian Kirk's career year. But, you know, I mean, they they traded for Zach Ertz in the middle of the season, like and they and they got DeAndre Hopkins back, um, you know, or, or they got they, Hopkins played 10 games that season. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Kyler probably is better than the market thinks that he is. So maybe that's and and honestly, probably at the end of the day, the decision is pretty simple, which is if we think Kyler's just OK or maybe even like a B plus quarterback, but we can get this quarterback we think is is maybe a B plus, maybe an A plus, maybe the A plus, And we can get him on a rookie contract for the next five years. Uh, we should probably just do that and and get whatever we can get for Kyler. That's the idea. And you have to think about your range of outcomes with this. I think we know that Kyler Murray is not an A plus quarterback. And he's probably a B yeah. plus, which is good. You can win yeah. with a B plus quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl with a B plus quarterback. But if you want to have that longevity and sustained success, which we've seen from the A plus guys, and I mean, maybe we can grade the A plus quarterbacks in the NFL. Like there's only a handful of them. And even if you get like an A at a Caleb Williams, and you know, maybe he's an F, maybe he absolutely sucks. Who knows? We've never seen him play a pro snap. Uh, and maybe, listen, we've seen this a few times as well where you know, the presumptive number one pick in the draft isn't quite the number one pick in the draft by the time that the well, draft comes yes. along. Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler was like the, the, the man who was, who was predicted. And, and he's like, I don't even know what's up with him. I think he might even be playing spring league football or something. Like he's definitely never going to be an NFL quarterback. It does seem like Caleb Williams is, I mean, let me see. I'm just trying to think back. Like Lawrence was the first one since luck that was supposed to be like amazing. But if you try to gauge the hype of Caleb Williams coming out versus a lot of the guys that we've seen in the, over the past, hell, three years or so, four years or so, he seems outside of Lawrence, he seems to be like the best prospect of the bunch, basically since Burrow. I would say, I would say Lawrence ish, especially because they, they shared the denominator of playing so well as freshmen, true freshmen that that is pretty big. I mean, Burrow, People, people do forget this about Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow is old. Uh, Joe Burrow is uh, like, for example, Joe Burrow was uh, 22 
his really good season at LSU, um, which is crazy. Like Joe Burrow is 27 years old. Uh, people, people, he's, I don't he's think 20, people he's 20, realize he's that. He's 26 years old, and Caleb Williams will be 22 years old in November. Oh, well, I guess that's true. Maybe he would, maybe... Maybe he's got a weird birthday, I guess. I because I just I just knew he was playing as a freshman at Oklahoma, or maybe he redshirted. I I guess I'm I guess I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But yeah, Burrow, Burrow's Burrow transferred right, and he transferred back when the rules uh and he so he redshirted a year, backed up two years at Ohio State, and then played the yeah he was in college for a long time he he entered college at 2015 which is crazy to think about either way when the draft came along it's like joe burrow was the number one pick like there's no discussion of this he's going to be really good it's like he's basically his upside is i mean you can't say that anyone's upside is tom brady but people looked at him be like hey he's very tom brady-esque but he's a more finished product than brady was coming out yeah a hundred percent that turned out to be kind of true i i think yeah, I think like a combination of where like probably not as high as Lawrence was viewed, but higher than where Burrow was viewed. Uh, because the the Burrow hype, the Burrow hype came out of nowhere, right? I mean, he he literally was forced to transfer schools. Like Caleb Williams was known as a five star quarterback recruit since he was like fifteen. So he like and he came into Oklahoma, he came into Oklahoma thinking he was going to be the Heisman winner of the year after Rattler won the Heisman and then Rattler played so bad. They were like, you know what? Let's just, let's just go with this kid. And it mostly worked out for them. Yeah. And and listen, as someone who roots for USC, I I very much enjoy that. He transferred to USC to make them relevant. I didn't know that. Why do you, why do you root for USC? What is the connection there? Uh, My brother moved to Huntington beach in 2002. I want to say, and I went down to go visit him, 2001, 2002, whenever it was. And I went down to go visit him. Whatever year that the first Carson Palmer year that they went undefeated. Uh, and they like split the national championship with whoever the hell it was. I don't really remember. So I was pretty young at the time. I was what, like 14, something like that. It was like the first college football game I ever went to was a USC game. I was like, yeah, this is great. Got, got myself a Carson Palmer jersey at the game. So it's just one of those things. And like, I don't care about college football at all right so it's just like something to pay attention to and they were the sure. team that i paid attention to all right H- help they were real good when i got into them <laughs> yes that that tends to be like a one-to-one correlation in keeping up the uh the fandom so my next hot take uh i, I mean hot, eric cardinals being the worst team not a hot take what is a hot take uh, when you're looking at the markets, I think, would be that I expect the Carolina Panthers to pretty easily be the uh, one, one of the five worst teams. Like, I, I don't really think they're going to have to sweat it. I think they are going to have an incredibly hard time moving the ball on offense. And I think they're going to have a hard time uh, being a good offense, even if Bryce Young is is, you know, something like what you would anticipate out of a top quarterback selected in the draft because their offensive weapons, I mean, is about as bad as it gets. Their their three wide receiver grouping right now is Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, and a very overdrafted second round wide receiver, in my opinion, in uh Jonathan Mingo. Hayden Hurst is their starting tight end. They gave Miles Sanders like a four-year contract in free agency. It's just like it's just gonna, it's it's like a bunch of dudes you kind of know. And Shroud's job is going to be really hard. Uh, this is not like this is not like Patrick Mahomes stepping in to the Chiefs' offense. This is like what you expect 
with rookie quarterbacks. A lot of the time it's them stepping into a really bad environment. Uh, now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Frank Reich is really this great head coach. I think he's probably a fine head coach. And yeah, I just think they're going to suck ass. I just think they're not going to be able to score at all. Their one saving grace maybe would be that the division is not very strong. And one of the other potential five horse teams, Tampa Buccaneers are in this division. But I just don't see how they score enough points. Even if, even I'm, Again, I do not know this. Like maybe there are people, you know, punching air right now, being like, actually, their defense is really good. I mean, first of all, who cares? Second off, it's just not going to matter if you can't, if you're scoring like 18 points a game, it, it does not matter. How many wins did they end up with last year? Six? Seven? Uh, that's, I mean, let's, uh, let's take a look. I, off the top of my head, I would guess they won seven. They won seven games, seven and 10 which was good for a second place finish in the division. That's how bad the division was last year. And the divisions, I wouldn't say substantially stronger this year. And in, they were running out Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield at quarterback and traded CMC halfway through the year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the Buccaneers will certainly be worse, right? Uh, the Buccaneers I, weren't I, good I last mean, year. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't any good. Uh, I I suppose the difference would be, you know, uh, Andy Dalton to Derek Carr for whatever for whatever that is worth, and I think correctly so. A lot of people are anticipating the Falcons being a better team without Marcus Mariota. And I, I kind of buy it actually at I this see, point. I actually, it, I think the Falcons will be better. There are two teams that I, and we'll start with the Falcons. I don't understand the love for the Falcons this year. I just don't get it. They listen. I was on the Falcons last year. They cashed their win total super early in the season, uh, which was fantastic, but they won some stupid games last year maybe arthur smith is actually a very good coach and getting Bijan in is going to be great but they just seem like a team that you would make in madden and to be like oh i'm going to score 500 points a game but in reality that team doesn't score any points i mean yeah like that that really that really is the deal they 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 just have a a lot of uh, i mean kyle pitts is pretty good drake london is good. really good um you know their their issue. I think their issue is is going to be twofold. One, it's going to be manufacturing productive plays outside of Bijan, Pitts, and London because they have a, like a lot of extreme bit players. Like Cordell Patterson is thirty two now, and their wide receivers outside of London. I mean, dude, it is dire. Matt Collins, Scotty Miller, Kaderil Hodge, like JJ Arcega Whiteside is on the roster. Like it's brutal i like now, Matt Collins. well you're you're not alone the slappies he, he had that 30 point game and then the slappies kept playing him on DraftKings. they just kept playing him and yeah, kept playing I, him I, I, i'm not too concerned about his fantasy production but i just like mac collins yeah well, i like him I mean, on miami whatever. i liked him on vegas he looks like a tight end when he's out there he's huge i'm yeah i he he's a giant guy so i actually think probably what will happen is they're just going to play a ton of two tight end stuff with Pitts and johnny smith who they traded yeah a seventh round pick for and like that works out when you have Bijan, tyler algier and Cordell patterson and you just want to run the piss out of the ball the other thing that weirdly makes me feel bullish about them is that they signed tyler heineke to be taylor heineke to be the backup quarterback and i think that's a pretty good safety valve to pull if Ritter just really stinks which he might I mean Ritter might just be awful and you pull that and Taylor Heineke can be like you're you know you win eight games quarterback in in that context you know like he's he's not good he, he's Dalton he's Andy Dalton-ish yeah no I, I would agree with you how long so I, I guess there's two scenarios that could play themselves out here is that Ritter is mediocre to good and then that's good for their win total or he really sucks and gets them in a hole and then Heineke has to come in. And we know that he Heineke is competent. He's like you know, Mike White or yes. random backup who's not terrible, who can you can win three or four games with, but you really don't want them playing the entire season. So they, they he could be capable in this offense because they're not asked to do too much. But how long do you think, if Ritter sucks, how long do you think it takes him to make that move? I don't think it would take that long because he's a third-round pick. Three weeks? Uh, like, I mean... Yeah, like so. I think it's long. Marcus Mariota was fucking terrible last season. He yeah, he, was, he was terrible, but he ran the offense that they wanted him to run, and he could run, which really lent itself to what they were doing. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Lamar's when Lamar came in mid-season in his rookie year for and, for Flacco for Flacco, yeah. and they were like, "Well, we don't really have an offense for you, so we're gonna do this." That was basically the Falcons' offense last year, but with way worse players. 
And I mean, you could tell Arthur Smith hated Mariota, but just couldn't bring himself to start the rookie quarterback because there was that, I'll, I'll never forget it. There was that game where Mariota threw two interceptions in a row. And then the next drive, the Falcons ran 14 plays in a row, zero called passes. They just ran and, and you know, Caleb Huntley's in there. Patterson's getting calorie, uh, getting carries. Algiers going down. Like it just, they just kept running. So I think you could tell Arthur Smith was not loving, you know, this, this veteran loser basically that, that they had. And I mean, I don't know, like there's, I'll say there's like a 5% chance that Ritter is like a B minus, you know, or something like that, like where he could like actually be good enough to make a difference. And they did throw way more in those last four games. Their pass attempts went up by 20%. And weirdly, they're so good at running the ball, but I think throwing more is, would just be required for them to be like the seventh, like the second wild card, like the seventh seed or something like, because you, you just gotta get to be more expansive to be that good. And their offensive line is good enough. I was just scrolling down on DraftKings sportsbook.com play at DraftKings sportsbook.com. And I like, you can scroll, like it has like adjusted win totals, but they're like, it's actually nice. There's like a slider where you can get to the win total that you want. I accidentally clicked on the Ravens too high without noticing. I was like, their win total is 13 and a half. It's very high. It's not, it's, it's a uh, plus 600 over 13 and a half for the Ravens minus 1100 to bet that under. But I was curious about Carolina. If you think Carolina is actually going to be that bad, I mean, they're over like their regular win total right now is seven and a half. And it's even yeah, money. That is so fucking that is it so is fucking even, high. I've... It's even money to the under. All right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get this under right now. I'm gonna just I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna be a man. I'm gonna be a man of my word and I'm gonna bet because I just don't maybe and I, I I assume what people are punching Aaron telling me is that like, oh, they have all these good defensive players that you don't know about, and Frank Reich is this really good coach and I just I just don't even care if you give Adam Thielen three years twenty five million dollars and that's your idea of of um you know providing cover for your rookie quarterback I just don't think that shit is going to work. Hey, good veteran presence, great route runner, still electric in the red zone. Can't guard the guy in the red zone. He just can't get he just can't get open. He just he just can't get open anymore. He gets open with like within ten yards. That's it, and that's why he's been so good in the red zone over the years. Did he even did he even score touchdowns last year? I have no idea. I assume he did because every week that I played Jefferson, I feel like him or KJ Osborne scored. He had he had six touchdowns on 107 targets, which is like fine, but way below his baselines. For sure, the last but they years. also had one guy who emerged as the best receiver in football, and they started to play the pass it to will offense, where it's like, ah, what do we do? I just check it up to Jefferson. He'll probably come down with it. That's pretty good. I mean, ah, shit, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I'm missing out on an eight touchdown Adam Thielen season, but I, I don't, I don't think so. No, probably not. But again, maybe, maybe was it Bingo Mingo? Who's the guy in the second? Mingo. Runners? Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. That's the guy. Maybe he's good. Who knows? Maybe he was like, I thought he was like one of the, the bad, like pretty bad picks of the, of the NFL draft, but you know, what do I know? I don't know shit. I mean, they still have your boy Chenault. They picked up the Birdman. They do. They do have they do have Chenault, which is uh I mean, he can't play. He's just not he's not fast enough. What? I I think I they're... thought he was the best player in the world. That was you last year probably. No, that was 3 is that 3 years ago? No, 2 years ago. You 2 really, years ago. You really love that guy. Oh, I did. Dude, he had dreads. He was so good in college, but it, it turns out you got to be fast. 
to be a good NFL wide receiver. I actually think Carolina's best pass to uh, best best path to relevancy is what Atlanta did last year and just running the goddamn air out of the ball and having Stroud learn. Now Stroud is like hyper accurate. So I do think one advantage he might have over young is that I don't expect him to turn the ball over the way rookie quarterbacks do a lot when they're when they're rookies. I mean, rookie quarterbacks just throw picks and I don't expect that to be a huge problem for Stroud. So that will help Houston, not Carolina. Oh yeah. I don't know why the fuck I just, I don't know why I just did that. I, I I've been, I've done that a couple times in, in best ball drafts actually, where I've been like, where I, I starred, you know, Texans players and then clicked young. Like I, like I've done that a couple times, which is not ideal. No, you should probably beat that out of your system. That's like, I mean, that's the weird player to player version of still calling Vegas, Oakland or the chargers, San Diego, or for whatever reason, when Tim calls the Rams St. Louis, although that's been what like ten years. I mean, that's a that's <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Either way, I want to go back to Arizona okay. for a second. Who's going to play yeah, quarterback? Let's for? do it. Who's playing quarterback for? Clayton Toon. It's not going to be Colt McCoy for sure, coming off injury. I think I I think I think they probably do. I'm going to guess they do Colt McCoy for a month. And then they're like, literally, what is the point? Like we are, we're zero and four. We suck ass. We can't score any points. We got, we got Greg Dorch and Rondale Moore. You know, two guys who are my height out there. You know, running uh, like hitch routes just time after time. Like, what is the point? Uh, so Clayton Toon, uh, I mean, you know, he's a shitty uh, fifth round quarterback. Now he played in this really fun offense. Uh, the the Houston offense he threw for like four thousand yards every season, tossed a bunch of touchdowns. You know he he re- he runs a little bit. I mean he's not a running quarterback, but he can he can scoot around a little bit. But like, yeah, like I don't know. Maybe there's some chance that Clayton Tune can be a a backup level NFL quarterback. You know, uh, so they should they should figure that out. Like, but yeah, Colt McCoy is going to start some games, but I do expect Clayton Tune to get there uh sooner rather than later well colt mccoy is gonna have a revenge game week one like they have three of their first six games are actually winnable ish like, they yeah they they better be they better be hoping that they don't win them though well you like they they have dallas san francisco cincinnati week three four and five so th- those are losses unless i mean there's those always are losses just, there's always like i remember when the bills absolutely curb stopped the vikings in week three josh allen's rookie year. oh my god yeah and like they I, were like, i remember that too because i took the the fucking vikings in survivor yeah and they were like 18 point favorites so like anyone yeah. can win a game in the nfl it's not outrageous yes. to think and it, as it turned out, Josh Allen was pretty good. We just didn't know that at the time. But they play like the Commanders week one and the Giants week two. Now, those are two better teams than the Cardinals, but they're not great teams. No, no. I mean, look, the Commanders can lose to anybody any given Sunday. You know, I mean, they they have a bad quarterback situation, too. It wouldn't surprise. I, I don't have the Commanders in my five worst teams, but it would, certainly would not surprise me. Well, by the, like... Sportsbook odds like Carol or Arizona is the worst team by far in the NFL. They're yeah. four and a half wins. Then the next one, two, three, four, five, they're all tied for second. The Rams, the Bucks, the Commanders, the Colts, and the Texans are all six and a half wins. So out of those teams, I would I would take I would take the Rams over for sure. I, I like the Rams over too. And I mean, it's all injury dependent, obviously. And I, it's funny because I was talking to Levitan about this and I think I brought it up on a few best ball shows. So I don't really want to rehash the points too much, but 
like Stafford, Cup, Higby, Stacks sound pretty good. And their their defense is not uh their defense is not bereft of all the guys who were good. Yeah, but who cares if the defense is the if they're giving up a ton of points, that's just more passing. You're right. I mean, to, to to your point, which everyone should always remember, is that who gives a shit about defense? It just it doesn't it doesn't dictate things that we're really talking about because scoring points is more important. But yeah, their their offense. Um, I mean, so they don't have like a really competent second wide receiver, really. But I would actually argue that is completely fine in the context of this offense because what you really need is you need guys who are not going to bitch and moan when they're just creating space for Cooper Cup. And, you know, they should be able to run the ball fine. I guess they're probably going to be starting a rookie on the offensive line. That can go, you know, that that can basically, that can mean anything. You know, sometimes these rookies come in and they're really good, uh, you know, and sometimes they're a mess and they have to be, they have to be, uh, they have to to replace them. But I basically expect the Rams to be fine. And if Stafford stays healthy for 17 games, they're they're winning more games than this, like almost guaranteed. Yeah, see, I don't know if I have enough confidence to bet their over win total at six and a half because that's a juice too. Let's see here. I'd probably play an alt on them if I was going to play it. Actually, it's almost down to even. Yeah, money. you'd you'd want you'd want to bet over on like eight or something yeah. though instead seven and a half or eight and a half and just say yeah, over eight and a half is three to one and just hope like at this point last year everyone just said the Seahawks were terrible and it turned out the Seahawks were pretty good. If the Seahawks, let's say. Gino go back to being terrible and they go back to being they basically do this year what everyone thought that they would do last year now if there's a little hype behind them like would that stun you um i would be i would be surprised yeah because they they just have a uh, let's say bad being seven and nine no seven and nine seven and nine feels like i don't know pretty close to equilibrium for them because p carroll uh still misses some stuff situate like he gives up points in games a lot and also like a lot of their success was i mean obviously gino was really good in those first eight games but also they just kept getting these like extremely crazy event long touchdowns from Rashad penny before he got hurt and then kenneth walker like these guys were just ripping off like 60 yard touchdowns every single week which is like i think kenneth walker will probably have two of those this year but i don't know if they're gonna get like multiple 50 yard runs every single game and and that impacts win expectation a lot well it's funny because for years they couldn't block for russ danger mr unlimited people forgot yeah my guy russell wilson and then the moment he leaves, they draft two rookies who are awesome for the offensive line. <laughs> and I mean, you know, quarterbacks do kind of own sack rate, though. Like there are, there are like Joe Burrow is just going to get sacked ten percent of the time. Sure, because he, he wants he, to he hang put in a the pocket wall. and make those downfield throws. Like Geno had time yeah. last year, and they were actually able to run the ball, which they were not really able to do with Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, I would have to, I would have to check the the time to throw data and stuff on that or whatever. I mean, I think you're probably right. I also think D- Gino is just a, uh, honestly at this stage in his career, he he was more decisive, right? I mean that that was his deal. Is he just is like, dude, I I have been <laughs> the 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 journey of Gino Smith's career has been a wild one. Like he he was out there. I mean, that was the thing is, right? He was executing the offense and the whole time Russ was basically telling Pete Carroll, like, I don't want to run this offense. I want to do something different and and was just fucking it up. But I, I put it this way. I just don't think that Gino 
not being the most hyper-efficient quarterback in the league again is on the table. Uh, just that, 100%. That, that's something I'm throwing out there. And if you look at their win total, they're eight and a half. And like I said, seven and nine, I think would be a bad season for them considering to bet the over of eight and a half right now. It's juiced to minus 175. The under is plus 150. Yes. I mean, you're, you're, the market is far more certain than a lot of things last year that were unpredictable and, and honestly, subject to just random variants are just like for sure going to happen again. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like the, the only one that people don't seem to be buying into are the giants. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, so I think i and I normally hate the fucking New York giants, but the giants are, are twofold one. I mean, one of the biggest advantages you can have in coaching is just having a good, uh, one of the biggest advantages you can have in football is just having a good coach who gets it. They have a good coach who gets it. Like Brian Dable is just really good. Uh, also, I mean, they had success last year with like uh, just an absolute bunch of jabronis catching passes for them. I mean, the guys who were getting, I mean, their team leader in targets was their running back. The second leader in targets was a guy who every coaching staff who's ever been in New York has wanted to put on the bench, despite the fact that all he ever does is produce is Darius Slayton. Richie James, who's like the Chiefs' ninth wide receiver, Undrafted free agent Isaiah Hodgins, fourth round rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger, like just losers. And now they signed a bunch of guys. And I don't know how many of these guys are going to be any good, but odds are they're probably going to get some level of decent performance out of Campbell, Wandale, Shepard, Jamison Crowder. Like they're going to find one guy who can play out of there. Well, but, they drafted Jalen Hyatt. You're say, Go between, ahead. between Crowder and Shepard, you can piece together like 80% of a season after their injuries. Between and and Campbell and Campbell yeah. too. Like so between and, those three, you Wandale. get one good receiver for 17 games. Sure. You get one good wide receiver there. You probably get one good wide receiver out of Hodgins, Slayton, and Hyatt. Then you figure you piecemeal it there. And they trade, I think, a perfectly reasonable pick for Darren Waller. Daniel Bellinger is a fine blocking tight end. You can play 12 personnel if you want to. You can throw the ball to Saquon a ton. Like it, it, it's a much friendlier offensive environment for Daniel Jones and for the New York Giants than it was last year. And it, it pains me to say this because I really hate the Giants. And I'm I, dunking on them during the Joe Judge um, Gettleman tenure was like, honest to God, it was one of my favorite times in football was dunking on that shit mess of a team. But they are they're just a competently run organization now and and they're not going to be one of the worst teams in football yeah, no way e even money on the seven and a half for the over yeah like, I, I i'm adding that i'm adding that to my tally i'm gonna take the yeah. i'm gonna take because you got, i can't believe i'm taking a new york giants over this is dark days for me well the worst part is is that they're in order to hit that they don't have to do this but beating the commanders twice which they just they love playing three point game with the commanders regardless. And I think they Yeah, do, and I don't I think they just play too think many the commanders close games, but I I think in what you're saying with Dayball, it's like Mike Tomlin in the AFC. Like eventually, oh, yes. eventually once you start playing all these close games, yet you just have this historic track record of winning the close games, just might mean you're a pretty good coach. Yes. Yes. And I went uh I bet I can find numbers for this win expectancy added by NFL head coaches. I bet Dayball is really high. Cost um, told me uh, over adjusted line 13 and a half for the Jets. Oh man. He hasn't predicted it. 15 that, and two now. That is so brutal. Also, I so I, I'm looking at uh Sumer Sports win uh 
when they I can't they this, this is a seven letter acronym and I I'm surprised to see Dable is not here not inside the top ten so I'm I am um I'm surprised by that. Well, you have to think about too is like what is he actually doing? So maybe the in-game coaching decisions aren't the thing, but he is somehow scheming Isaiah Hodgins and Lawrence Cager right. and all these guys into rip. Was Lawrence it? Cager was involved. My God. I mean, yeah. Like who's the guy? Sills? The, 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 Sills V? That guy was doing stuff? Sills. I mean, Kenny Galladay got called a mannequin in training camp and was still starting games for them at the beginning of the season. I think, and I think they, they, you know, rightfully gave Daniel Jones this contract or whatever. Like, I, I think he earned it. I mean, I don't know. They had to have felt queasy offering it to him because he was so bad, you know, the the prior years. But if Daniel Jones can just be like a good game manager and they can get better production out of these wide receivers and Saquon can look like this is probably Saquon's last year of being good and having any juice left. And yeah, they'll win eight or nine games. Yeah, I think so. And listen, I, I don't really believe in Daniel Jones, but I think that we saw it a little bit when Dayball left Buffalo. Like Josh Allen just wasn't as good last year. And that's even like pre-UCL injury. Yes. No, I, I I think you, and and he didn't want him to go, right? Remember, So remember Dayball left and then was going to take the quarterback coach too. And Josh Allen was like, dude, please don't leave. Like, please do not leave. And they they were able to retain the quarterback's coach. Yeah, it was Ken Dorsey, wasn't it? That's yeah, That sounds right. Yeah, I remember. I remember when, like, that's when again when I first started getting into college football. I think that was like the 2001 championship of Florida, Miami, Florida, whoever the hell it was, Miami. I think that was the Willis McGahee team. I might be getting all my teams confused right now, but Dorsey was awesome. I was like, how isn't this guy the first overall pick? It just it turns out he was one of those random college quarterbacks, like the dude at Oklahoma, White, like after like, that guy. like Clay, like Clayton Toon. Uh, he owns a he owns a car dealership, and it's very successful. Because believe it or not, if you win a Heisman at the University of Oklahoma, and then you stick around, you're basically royalty. Yeah, that's your neck of the woods, isn't it? Yeah, I got the got the Oklahoma helmet right here, buddy. Is that a new tattoo on your biceps? No, uh-uh. These are, I've had these forever. I don't usually see you in short sleeve. You do have a bacon neck on the go. I do. I just, I literally got home from the gym like 10 minutes before you got here and just grabbed this one. Yeah. I, I ran five minutes late because I was running. I've said, I haven't really been to, I was at the gym on my vacation a little bit, but I basically just started creating more and more stuff for my home gym. And while I still have a gym membership, I just work out at home more often now. I mean, I think for a business owner with children who's like got a main, like you have, you have more demands on your time than I do. I can, I can take, uh, a leisurely amount of time at the gym. I think. I think for you, that would be asking a bit much. Listen, I I can most definitely carve out space in my schedule daily to get to the gym if I needed to do it and have adequate time to work out. But I just feel like I can. I, I just like. I don't like. It's not that I don't like working out around other people. I hate waiting for equipment if I'm there to do a certain set. So if like I'm working out back and there's like someone else or two other people running through a, like a back rotation. Uh, at this kind of the same time and like i'm sitting there like waiting for like a lap pull down or a pulley system or whatever it might be i'm just like i i just tilt my face off and then i just stop doing back and start doing something else it's it's yeah it's it's horrible uh my gym is is very rarely that full on like a saturday if i decide to go on like a saturday morning it'll be that full but not at you know not at 5 30 in the morning on a two random tuesday yeah when, when i dm'd you this morning about because i was supposed to golf today but it, it's raining here so I, I don't want to play in the rain when i'm not playing good golf 
and it's raining out, like that just double the anger for me if I'm going to yeah, be out there. Awful. So I yeah, know myself yeah, a little bit. Unsurvivable. Know myself well enough to be like, if I was playing great, I would most definitely be out there playing right now. But like, I, I don't want to play in shitty conditions and not play well. Like that just sounds like a bad time. And I, I don't want to put myself through that. But yeah, I, I, I think it was like 7.30 my time, which is two hours ahead of you. And you just instantly responded back. I was like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing up? If I didn't have kids, I, wake up, I wouldn't be up at 5.30. Yeah, I wake up at 5.30 every day. 5.30, 9.30 bedtime-ish. Living, living like a monk. Impressive. Well, when I was on Mountain Time the past week, I, I oh, forgot how much I missed time. Mountain Time. That, yeah, you can go to bed early and you don't miss anything. Where I'm at, you go to bed early, you miss everything. Oh yeah, East Coast East Coast time. You oh dude, I'm beyond East Coast, East Coast time, East Coast time is, though. I'm on, I'm on Atlantic time. I got the same time zone as like Bermuda and Brazil over here. That I mean, East Coast time is one of the biggest hoaxes ever. Perpet- like the the idea that everything should be centered on East Coast time is 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 such shit. East Coast time sucks though. I mean, I, my life runs off. Although I am on Atlantic time. NF, NFL games for you started two in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, fucking kill me. Why, why do you they're, think they're I don't just, watch the primetime games? Oh, my God. Just sitting around waiting all day for 2 o'clock sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> that sounds unlivable. There, there's pros and cons to it. Like, when I lived in Mountain Time, it would be great because everything started at 11 a.m. And you could, like, yep. have some breakfast. You could wake up late if you wanted to and just kind of, like, roll over on the couch. Football was on. Perfect. I do have, like, a almost a full day to do things with my kids, to go work out, whatever it might be, before I'm just gone the entire day on Sunday. That you know, that's uh, that's a good like, point. I, I golf mean, in is, the mornings, nice. before, like during September and October, I golf in the mornings on Sunday before football. Right. Yeah. I guess you just have to make it two days, and then you you just have to say adios to Sunday night football. Like Sunday night football is not for you. Yeah, I watch it Monday morning. Like I tape it and I watch it Monday morning, like when I'm on the yeah. treadmill. It's easy. I do that with all the primetime games. That's uh, I guess I guess that's pretty reasonable. Like, I I like could I prob- don't care I about the outcome. To that. Like I if I sure. if I if I bet on the game, like I wake up and look like look at what the score was, like whatever. Yeah. Or I, if I'm in bed, like I'm like tracking it, like once it starts. But like I I just don't want to be up till two a.m. Knowing I have a full day of work to do. Yeah, I mean to be honest, most of the time I don't care about it either. Actually, most of the time we're doing uh we we record the gilcast during the the sunday night football game anyway yeah we we record our live show now in between like just at the back end of the late slate of games before and we end at sunday night football start and then i go home it's, it's uh yeah i mean that's that's a that's gto strategy because i island nfl games are painful most of the time anyway tampa who's playing quarterback for them is it blake trask Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. Who's Blake Trask? I think that's a guy I played hockey with growing up. <laughs> it, it sounds right. Blake Trask sounds right. Uh, what if I told you it's going to be Carson Wentz? Would that make you more or less interested in them as one of the five worst teams? Same. Yeah, I, I think I think the Buccaneers. I mean, no, the... they have Baker. They have Baker. They're going to play Baker. What am I talking about? Yeah, I mean Baker's going to start the year. We'll see how long it takes for him to wear out his welcome. It feels it feels like he's worn out his welcome in in quite a few of these places. Yeah, but rem- uh, remember so- when he won that like Christmas Day game? That was great, dude. Do you remember when he came off the plane like forty eight hours left and led the comeback? Yeah, on Thursday Night Football. That that, was no, that was on awesome. Christmas Baker- Day, wasn't it? 
No, no, it was it was before that. It was before I we I mean we got to look it up now. What was a lot the- of a lot of, uh, lot of PFR searching for me today? So that was his first game. It was against as the- a Los Angeles Ram against the Broncos, that, right? It was on December eighth. It was a Thursday night game against the Raiders. What game am I thinking of? That was the, did they play on Christmas Day? They did play on Christmas Day, and they. They won fifty-one to fourteen against the shitty Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's a game is... that I'm thinking where he lit it up. Yes, yeah. that's a game that I'm thinking. Uh, about. Yes, uh, so Baker in that game went twenty-four of twenty-eight for two hundred thirty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, because I remember I played him on that slate, and I was like, "Oh, I am dancing with this." And then like he was like the fourth best quarterback on the slate <laughs> by yeah. the time it was over. Uh, so shit, I don't know. I mean, the one thing the Buccaneers have going for them is they are clearly the answer to this year's uh, who could possibly be the 2022 Seahawks. Like everyone thinks they suck. Everyone thinks they're going to trade their veteran wide receivers. No one has any faith in their young running back. Uh, you know, the the, the head coach has has been around the block many many times, and they they just let you know a, a prima donna quarterback vacated uh, the premises like. I don't, I don't buy what I'm saying. I'm just merely supplying the other side. But yeah, the Buccaneers are going to be terrible. Listen, I, I think that all the teams in that division are going to be terrible. Like, I don't think that all of a sudden the Saints are just going to be amazing. I think they're probably the best team in the division. But Yeah, I think they're going to be all right. They'll be all right. That's fine. So if the best team in your division is sure. all right and three of the teams absolutely suck, I mean, maybe you think Atlanta is going to be great. They seem to be the trendier team. I find in this situation... Celia and I used to talk about this all the time, that the answer, whenever the Ravens starting running back would get hurt, the answer to the question of who do you want in fantasy is the guy that no one else wants. And the answer was inevitably always Justin Forsett. Uh, Yeah, oh man, love, love. (laughs) But he'd be like third on the depth chart. It's like, oh no, this young guy, this guy. It's like, no, it's just Justin Forsett. (laughs) So the the Bucks might be the answer here. Like, they have the bones of be. a decent team. And let's not pretend like Brady was like awesome last year. He was he was all right, but he wasn't No, he was he was pretty bad for for his baseline. So the uh another thing to keep in mind with all of these NFC teams is the total lack of quarterback talent in the NFC. Like we could see some wild results because talent level at quarterback in the NFC is Hurts in a tier of himself, Dak and Cousins. And then just a bunch of question marks. Like if you systematically go through it team by team, you're, you're looking at, you know, okay, we got, we got Daniel Jones. We got Sam Howell. Hey, listen, I, you can, you can talk about like, I mean, yes, I think Hertz is probably number one. And who did you have after that? You had Dak and who? Dak and cousins. Okay. I, I, I thought you didn't say cousins. I was about to say like Kirk cousins is one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFC. Yes. Yeah. Like golf might be four. It's, which is like a huge, like, and so at the point in which we are seriously proffering Jared Goff as one of the premium quarterbacks in a conference, we have to be like, well, there could just be weird shit happening all over, just like crazy variants when all of the good quarterbacks are in one conference. So the Bucks, like, when, like when you really kind of micro go into it, this is why I haven't made any future bets yet on the win totals, is that they play the first place schedule in the NFC. So they get the Eagles and they do play the NFC North, which could be good or bad. Uh, Their crossover is the AFC South though, which is super easy, but their random like extra game is against the bills. Well, well, you know, I mean, Hey, 
probably 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 like 17 point dogs in that game maybe but like there's a couple teams like uh, let's let's kind of wrap it up with this because i mean houston or indy who do you think's worse or tennessee houston or indy i think houston is worse is tennessee gonna be any good no, the fucking crazy thing about Tennessee is is the Mike Vrabel's fantasy is to take a shitty four-win team and have them play with enough grit and effort and heart to get to eight wins. That is like that is like what gets Mike Vrabel out of bed in the morning. So he's like found his level. You know, he and and also we are 58 days away from the season, I believe. Ryan Tannehill still very much on this roster, has not been traded, has not, you know, been cut, nothing like that. Like Ryan Tannehill's just gonna start. And the difference between Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis, uh, I think is is massive. I I can't. I don't think. I think the Titans are are going to be a completely pointless team. You know, no chance of getting the first pick, no chance of making the playoffs. Just just a, a total purgatory team. I have my. You said that the people would be mad at you for your Carolina take. I have one of those takes. Well, they're really going to be mad when I fucked up the quarterbacks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, that was not a great call. Am I not seeing them? Are they not on? Where are we at here? Seven and a half is the win total, and you can get plus money on the under, plus 110? Chicago's going to fucking suck. Like, field oh, isn't yeah. good. Yeah, they are. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been talking about this with Pat Corain, which is like, Fields is probably closer to not getting his fifth year option picked up than getting like the mega contract. Like if you had to choose between Fields gets a mega contract or even like Daniel Jones's contract, or he doesn't get his fifth year option picked up, uh, you're probably going with the fifth year option. And listen, I'm open to being very wrong about this, but like show me something other than just like it was he good Terrell Pryor. I mean, the big issue with Fields is that he, 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 the, his degree of sacks is like nothing the NFL has ever seen. Quarterbacks do not get sacked 14% of the time. And if you expand it even further, 28% of the time when Justin Fields dropped back, he either got sacked, threw the ball away, or scrambled, which basically just means you are running like a, a Pop Warner offense. You are not generating enough down the field throws. It's 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 a reason why everyone loves Justin Fields in fantasy, but the Bears had the number one overall pick, which is Fields is just not even close as an NFL game winning quarterback. And sure, the Bears that get DJ Moore, right. you know, they have yeah, to how did that work out have... for Carolina all those years? Him as the number one. He was fucking fantastic. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not I'm not blaming I'm No, not, let's not blame I'm... him and now let's put him with a shittier quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the Bears are going to be better. And I think more importantly, they're really going to be trying to win. Right. OK, like that, that. So, is, yes, they'll be better than three. They'll be better than the three wins that they had last year. Their win total seven and a half. Uh, seven and a half is seven and a half is way too high. And they got like a greasy win against San Francisco week one last year and that like monsoon against Trey Lance. So that was a free win. That was oh my god! We haven't even we haven't even, we're we're uh we're an hour in and we haven't even mentioned the Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold hurricane sitting there. In San Francisco. I am waiting. Everyone's like, oh my god, bro, dirty Purdy, got to get hit. He's gonna be ready for week one. Just play Sam Darnold. Be great. I, um, what it what would what would what would happen to Cust if Sam Darnold won twelve games with the the San Francisco 49ers? Well, there's only one way. There's I mean, there's myriad ways this season could play out, but the number one. Like if, if I was to map out what was the best thing for the Pat Mayo experience, it would be 
the Jets going like 16 and one or 17 and 0, and then playing the Chargers in the AFC championship game and beating them and having Cust riding high, all this stuff. And they run into a Sam Darnold led San Francisco 49ers and get obliterated in the Super Bowl. And he throws for like five touchdowns. That would be that would be extremely that that content, the degree to which that would bring eyes to Mail Media Network and its associated programs would just be beautiful. It would be I, I might have to give I was thinking about giving Cust his own like jet sports talk show this year. I tried that with Jeff a few years ago with the Chargers, but no one cares about the Chargers. No one cares about the but, like Chargers. people care about yeah. the Jets, so it might actually work. Yeah. They do. Yeah, that is uh that is that is a good point. Like the the Chargers, they're they're not even lovable losers. Like they are they are the um you know the the Mad Men meme. Like I don't think about you at all. No one thinks about the Chargers. Yeah, but the the secret thing was is Don Draper was thinking about him. Uh, you know, true. He was. True. That was I kind of the point of the episode. That's... Ginsburg was just running roughshod all over him with these great new ideas. You know, Don conveniently left it in the cab. Sure, Don. Right. I watched that recently. What a, what a, I, I, I watched back through Mad Men recently. It's so fucking good. Even the last season, which in. I thought sucked at the time, is actually really good. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, but I remember I remember being uh like insanely captivated by it while it was on. Yeah, it was great. If you're not someone who gets bored easily, because I mean it, not that it's a boring show. But it's not like it was on the same. It was on the same time as Breaking Bad, and Breaking Bad sort of like the opposite show. Mad Men has more of the pace of like the first three episodes of Breaking Bad. That's just kind of like drawn sure. out. That there's just a lot of Mad Men that's drawn out. Where the more we got into Breaking Bad's later seasons, the more like boom, 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 action, 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 cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. You create that binge idea. Where Mad Men just never had that. I wonder. Uh, how I would feel about it watching it now, now that I'm far more addicted to my smartphone than I was when it originally aired. You know, like I'm way, my brain is way more addled now than it was. I do a pretty decent job of if it's a show that I want to watch, I just kind of leave my phone off to the side. Like I have it on silent. If someone texts me, I can see it come up and I can see who it is. And like, you know, as long as it's not like urgent, that kind of thing. Um, sure. Then I, I'm just not on my phone. Jack Ryan is a phone show. Jack, oh yes. I mean, I look. I appreciate a good. I appreciate a good phone show. You know, uh, Peaky Blinders. I've been. I've been rewatching that. Good. Good phone show. I don't need to be. I don't need to be tuned in to every Tommy Shelby speech. Basically, you know, it's fine. Interesting. Yeah, I was actually texting with texting with Brian last night. Uh, he sent me some like Star Trek thing, and I've just Strange New Worlds came back. Which I would say that if anyone out there has never given Star Trek a shot. This is the one to watch. It's like old Star Trek where it's like episode of the week type stuff. Like it's not, oh, here's 13 episodes that all mesh together like this. No, it's 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 serialized storytelling, but in the light, kind of like X-Files is this sort of serialization that I would describe that it has. That there's like ongoing things that are happening, but it's not actually pertinent to the story. Like x-files-ish yeah like you know how x-files was like monster of the week type stuff but there was like a myth arc in the background yeah it's kind of the same thing like it's it, each episode is its own contained procedural story but there's like stuff going on from episode to episode okay but it's yeah. not super I mean, important I could be... like you could you could yeah, tune in be... any episode and you're like all right i'm watching okay yeah i'm into that so it's a fun I'll, I'll... it's a fun adventure show <laughs> 
see fun adventure show that I can like kind of have my phone around or be doing a best ball draft or whatever. Much better, much better sell than uh than the Jack Ryan CIA Tom Clancy propaganda. Listen to you. Your whole life is dictated by this stuff, isn't it? No, I just why why would I why would I engage with things that I know I don't like? How do you know I don't you like don't CIA like it? propaganda? You, you see, you seem to have a pretty good idea of what you do and do not like, although you have not experienced any of it. You're, you're turning into cust. Well, I know what I'm about. I know what I'm about, and I think that's important. You're, you're not, not about... open to potentially changing your ideas about things that doesn't jibe with you. Mm, some things, yeah. I saw you're a big RFK things, guy no. now. I, I doubt that would have been a thing three months ago. No, I'm not a big RFK guy. Big. Brian, I, I listen big. to your podcast. Brian... You're big into RFK. Brian is a big RFK guy. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's an uncharitable. Uh, just he's certainly he's certainly more open uh, to some of RFK stuff than I am. I I find RFK fascinating because the idea uh, it's now when you are part of the political elite, you can't uh, identify that way because it's so gauche to be. You know, Trump really popularized this idea of the of the swamp and everything. So you have to do everything you can. To pretend like you didn't go to Harvard or and you're not into like falconry or whatever. And you, I find that fascinating. You know what the move is when you're going up against like a bunch of 80 year olds just to do some shirtless push-ups. It's not, it's actually yeah, although he, a super savvy strategy. He's on it's so funny. RFK, he's on a bunch of of steroids and he is like posting these videos of lifting weights and he's lifting like very small weights. And I, I'm but wondering if that old, might backfire on him. He's an old man. <laughs> But he's on steroids. If you're on steroids, you should be able to move a lot of weight, I think. I mean, Jack Lane wasn't putting up 600 on the squat rack when he was 80. I guess that's true. And I mean, compare it like Biden certainly could not incline press the yeah, bar or whatever. Biden could barely so, stand up, pal. <laughs> yeah, Biden's Biden's having Biden's having a tough time. I don't know how much the, is is DeSantis going to come back though? Like, is DeSantis going to get on gear? and start and start lifting weights i feel like that could work for him actually i i feel like he's someone who probably does like he was an army guy and he's like what 44 like he's not discernibly older than the two of us <laughs> i don't know i mean i think he might be a lizard person he he seems like he seems to be like the least personable politician uh of the modern age yeah <sighs> i mean you say that but remember, remember jeb bush we just forget I mean, all these. You can't people. even. You can't even. You can't even. You can't. Jeb Bush is, is is a completely unserious human being. He he is a he is a nepo baby of a nepo baby. Like he he is he is unworthy of of entering into a, a larger political conversation. But DeSantis is is just misunderstanding a key thing, which is that he really wants people to appeal to his intellectual arguments. He you know he is he's a fucking nerd. He he's a bookworm, and he thinks that's going to get him votes. And like. I, I mean, I've said this on a hundred shows, so it's nothing original. But there, he's going to get on a stage with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to call him Rob, and <laughs> which it's, is going to be, be over. hilarious. It, it's and it's just it'll simply be over. Like Trump, like Trump is just better at this than it's the reason why all these, you know, quote unquote intellectual conservatives hate Trump so mad uh, or hate Trump so much, and and they're so mad is you know they're oh they're he's taking over our party and he is betraying uh you know our ideals and everything. And it's like you're just powerless to stop him because he is just more personable than you are. And and that is that's what Americans really want out of their politician. That's all they want. They don't care about anything. Else. I just Trump's going to be doing a live stream from like jail and he's still going to win. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's simply 
does not matter. There's I, I just, do there's like the idea of him do. running for president with his like only plan. Like if he just came out and was like, listen, I'm running for president so I could pardon myself from crimes. And he would he'd fucking win. I, it would be kind of hilarious thing. Yeah, he would win. He would win. I'm, I'm just looking at the odds right now. I haven't really been paying attention to it because I, I mean, I'm not even American, so I don't really care. But the Trump stuff just interests me like it always does. Like I, I'm I'm it's been long enough now that I'm in for like, remember how hilarious those debates were when we all thought Trump wasn't going to win, but he was just causing chaos against like the 15 other Republicans. Like that time that yes. he forgot to walk out on the stage and he was just standing there in the background while the other people such walked a fucking... The crazy thing about all of this is, is I like don't even think he enjoyed being president. No, he loved and running for president. Does... Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's also ridiculous. Like when I was out west, I was in uh, the the Texas of Canada the past week, so you know, I got some uh, some some hard truths thrown at me by uh i mean it's a very it's the most conservative place in canada so they were, they were just kind of you know telling me this telling me that about the way that they are seeing things um and you know there's a uh, someone mentioned chris christie to me i was like that seems unserious if you want to talk about unserious there's no way chris christie can win i i don't know why i i mean i think desantis is unserious like these none of these people should even Nikki Haley. I mean, these people no, see, are I, I actually kind of, I mean, I don't know a ton about Nikki Haley, but Nikki Haley makes the most sense. Oh, she's a loser too. Well, you think I everyone, mean, I mean, who's not a loser then, according to you from the Republican side? Well, I don't think there are any presidential candidates this go around who I would say are not losers. Nikki, the, the, I mean, Brian, Brian has made this point a bunch before, which is that America is no longer sending their best and brightest to be politicians because everyone hates politicians and there's not enough money in it. So we, we just send, we just send the dumbest kids who go to no no league schools yeah, yeah so like i know a few people that got into politics like, i mean in canada it's even worse because you can't even capitalize on your name after the fact and sell a bunch of books or anything like that and like all of the people that i know that went into politics were not head of their class they were kind of like i don't know if there's 53 players on a football team and they all played sports but they were like the 47th best player on the football team and like upper 40th percentile in terms of grades like it was not the best of the best it's like kind of jabroni bad personality not good at sports not super smart but really into politics as like an 11th grader yeah i mean that that is exactly it that is who is that is who is uh you know listening to what the the bank's want the people to do and all this stuff that's who's getting lobbied that's why you have people like uh What's the the secretary of transportation who's awful? Buttigieg. Yes, I still like guy. Buttigieg. Like, I'd vote for Buttigieg. Oh God, what a what a fucking robot! It just I that that guy. I mean, actually, in a uh, in a much less personable, much less funny way, that guy has no ambition other than to be president, right? I mean that that is his driving uh, force of being, and you can't respect someone like that. I like him. I always liked him. I liked him last time. I think I had a bet on what, him last you, time around before Biden what you, won South what Carolina. You, what, what is it that you just think he's, uh, I don't know, you think he's funny? You think he's smart? What's the, I think he's smart. the, the drive there? I think he's legitimately well, he's, smart. He's definitely smart. I think I would agree with that. He's definitely smart. I just think he seems like slimy, like a little uh, weird. Well, I think, I think that he appears as slimy to you because, I mean, in a different era, he's he's a 90s Republican. Uh, he's like a Bob Dole yeah, Republican, which, is, which makes him a Democrat which is, now. <laughs> 
Which, yeah, I know. Isn't that so funny how far the, the Overton window has shifted? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what Biden is. Bi- Biden is yeah, like Biden's, Biden is, Biden's is... 9,000 years old. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is Biden obviously is just controlled by the DNC, right? Good, I mean, because I, he, I don't know if he's just... capable. Like, what's going to happen if he has to debate someone? I, that's a great question. Like this is this is the know. whole what? RFK play, right? Like, hey, if I'm serious in this and I'm winning delegates, and I'm the only person against you, you're gonna have to debate me once. And if that happens, what the fuck happens? Uh, if Biden could barely. Honestly, if Trump wasn't so mean to Biden in the first debate last time, he probably would have won. I guess that's. I guess that's true. I mean, the the one of the biggest what ifs in. I mean, it, it'll be so. It'll be so uh it'll be so forgotten um but you know the 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 covid what if between because trump was just gonna fucking shit on biden in the 2020 election without covid i think he was gonna shit on anyone they ran against him and then covid happened uh i get yeah i mean it's true anyone uh and which is gonna be the same i mean it is gonna be i i expect trump to win pretty clearly in 2024 but you know, there's always room for surprises. There's there's some interesting names on this Republican like odd sheet. Vivek is on there at thirty three to one. Vivek, the guy who owns the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Unless there's some other is guy he, named Vivek that I'm unfamiliar with. Is he born in the United States? He's an American entrepreneur. Right, well, oh no, th- right. no, this is a different guy. Oh, I've heard of this guy. There's a, there is a. This is Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Yes, yeah, I've heard of this guy. He's like one of these, you know, you get you get these new young conservative politicians every so often, who who the party really tries to advance. Harvard, um, Harvard, and Yale. Yeah, I mean, just can you? I fucking voting for someone who went to Harvard. I, I just that that always feels bad. Don't you love JFK? Uh, I mean. He was a flawed man, but he, he, I think JFK's heart was in the right place, but Harvard, whole different, you know, the, the, the political elites, the oligarchs in the sixties, much different than it is now, oh, yeah. much less. So, so excuses when it doesn't necessarily line up. It's different then, not like now. Well, it was different. You know, his dad was a fucking mafia boss, basically. Like it, it, it's a, it was a different, it was a different world that those people lived in. The, the amounts of money involved in the, in the, the power also, it was kind of like more out in the open. Like people just understood that there was an oligarchy then. I think it's I think it's uh it's sort of untoward now to admit that the Uber wealthy run everything now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they can do it without actually running. Who's the dude in uh, I heard Brian talking about him. the dude in Illinois who's like a billionaire and he's just like, Yeah, whatever, I'll run. Pritzker? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a guy. That's who. That's who is. I mean, he's right. Yeah, he's so Pritzker is is. Uh, I think going to run for against Biden. I believe. And RFK is going to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the RFK thing is funny because like he's so popular online, but like. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna get like no votes. Like no one knows who this fucking guy is. I mean, but they do know who he is because his last name's Kennedy. That's true, and it's it's. Uh, this is my favorite my favorite bit. Uh, my favorite bit about Kennedy is that. He just, you know, just insisting that he is not an elite with the last name of Kennedy. Like, it's like, you, it's like, what are your hobbies, dude? He's like, oh, you know, I'm pretty into falconry. It's like, yeah, dude, you're totally a man of the people. I mean, there, there you know? is something to be said about that. I guess there, when you have the name identification and he's still, still so close to, you know, the time when those were the biggest 
members of American political society. But like, I have a friend with the last name Rothschild. He's poor, so. <laughs> is he is he actually one of the Rothschilds? No, I mean his last name is Rothschild. Imagine, imagine that's kind of like bad luck being born. Like you're you're a Habsburg or you're a Rothschild, but you're not really. It just happens to be your last. It just name. happens to be your last name. Yeah. So what did so, you want to what did you want to talk to me about? Oh, so inspired. I haven't gone to see it yet, but inspired by the conversation around Indiana Jones, the the new one, I got to thinking this. Um, you and I are both. I mean, we just mentioned like you're basically a 57 year old dad. I'm I'm getting really old as well, specifically in my taste of like music and media. And I got to thinking with how good this deep fake technology is. I mean, would you rather have the ability to continuously see new movies as they are presented and as they are created? And obviously, you know, remakes and sequels and shit are so popular, but there are still new movies made. Or would you prefer to basically see different versions of your favorite actors just fucking continually with basically like, so there's a new movie made, but they deep fake jim from the office into it or whatever or whoever you pierce brosnan or whoever your favorite kid it like you just basically get to continually see your favorite actors and actresses in these movies i don't think i mean i i i wouldn't like my favorite movie from last year was tar so yeah not, i didn't see this not that i saw a bunch of movies but like i enjoy the writer director side of things and creating an interesting story i don't really care who's in the movie for me to like it uh, it just needs to be an interesting story and i think that's where humans will win out against ai in media production although that and we have to deal with the fact too that in today's day and age like who is really a star tom cruise is still a star so maybe this applies to yeah. tom cruise for the next 200 years that you can keep running out mission impossible movies with long after he's dead with him in it and it'll work fine but other than that like who would you even do this with because the people that you would want to do it with, the demographics for the age range that would enjoy those movies are just too old at this point. Like, if Harrison Ford... Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they don't even need to be involved at all. You have some stand-in... No, no, but, but no, just... what I'm saying is that I think Indiana Jones proves, because it didn't do well. Like, it did fine, but nowhere near as well as they thought it was going to do. That, sure. What, if Harrison Ford was 20 years younger, more people went to, would have went to go see it? Well, the audience isn't 20 years younger who care about Harrison Ford. They're all old, too. Yeah. I mean, maybe... Uh, you think I, some 17-year-old's like, oh, shit, man, Harrison Ford's in a movie? I'm there. No, no. So so I was saying, I'm, I'm thinking like 10, 15 years down the road, where like you are able to choose your experience when you're viewing these films. You can watch them as they're originally intended, or you can fucking have... Like for me, it would be like I like any put Matt Damon in anything, and I'm like pretty much gonna watch it, you know. So you can take any so movie you want, but all of a sudden Matt Damon is playing the main character because of AI. Yeah, <laughs> not well, not it, it, not AI. It would be more like it'd be more like the deepfake technology, which I don't think I don't think is part of these language learning models. Like, do we even think that's? I, I know that there are. Think about the deepfakes that you've seen. To create one of those in real time for a feature-length movie with a completely customizable whatever, I think we're nowhere near that. Nowhere near it. No, no, we aren't. We aren't. It's a long. It's a long way away. Um, but I, I do wonder. And you have you to know, remember there... this. This is a very passive experience going to see a movie in a theaters, or as you just talked about, just using your phone while you're watching something. Like, do people even care about that? 
maybe the maybe the larger thing though is that there is i think going to there there's got to be because you know there's these crazy streaming wars and all these companies want to beat each other and they're spending all the money but now they're not spending all the money because yeah disney is starting disney is starting to pull back but i do wonder if there is some kind of immersive generative experience and whoever gets there first and i mean this is like this is basically the plot of infinite jest like where the entertainment exists and it just totally robs you of everything around you but dude like uh whoever gets to a enjoyable entertaining generative experience first is gonna make so much money you know i guess so but then then we're all just wally characters yeah yeah, I mean that's where all this is going, anyways, right? Is they, uh, yeah, the World Economic Forum. You'll you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah, unless RFK wins, and then he'll give everyone steroids. They can be super fit all the time. <laughs> well, may I mean, look, there would be there are worse ways you can go in life than getting as jacked as RFK. Is it like seventy five or whatever? How old is RFK anyway? He's older. He's older than than you think. Uh, RFK. He's sixty nine years old. All right, he's a young man in American politics. Yeah, I mean, he's like, that, that basically qualifies him as like a Zoomer in, in the White House. I, I, I do think it's hilarious that he's married to Cheryl Hines. I, I, someone tweeted that and I thought it was a joke. I thought, I thought they were, I thought like this was just like a zany Twitter bit that someone was doing and it wasn't. It's very real. Um, yeah, my sitcom bracket is down to the final eight. People can vote on that right now. It's up on uh, give the me, PME give me, on give Twitter. Me the- Give me the matchups right now. Uh, There's three that are going to be absolute like runaway blowouts. And then there's like an actual, I'm curious to see what happens in this one. Where is it? Forget what I did with it. It's Scrubs versus Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Frasier versus The Office. The Office is going to win, but Frasier is a better show. I I see. I, this is the point that Gary and I, like, I think it's going to be like 95 to 5% in favor of The Office. We'll see. Uh, but it's going to be the biggest blowout on the board, just like Seinfeld's going to blow out Scrubs. And then there's Curb versus Arrested Development, which is actually closer than I thought it was going to be. But I figured the internet loves Curb. Curb is going to run away. See, I would I would go Arrested Development there. As would I. And I love both shows. And then the bottom side of the bracket, and this one just keeps going like 51 to 49 and then flipping, Simpsons versus South Park. I mean, if people, I, I fucking know these goddamn internet virgins are going to say South Park, and it's just enough. It's enough for me to give up on faith in humanity if if this if people really prefer South Park to The Simpsons. It depends. I, I listen. I, I'm people would know me as one of the biggest Simpsons stands that there is in this space, going back a very very long time. However, it depends on what you want to wait and how old you are too. I think really makes a difference in this conversation. Whereas South Park is still funny, and I haven't watched The Simpsons like realistically in like 15 years. I still watch so, South Park. So, Simpsons is still uh, not every episode slaps as hard. Like there are some really bad ones. Like there was an episode I watched a couple years ago that was about like the history of like Moe's Bar Reg. Like they've they've gone to some bad places, but it's still uh, also something they're doing now is they're accepting more um, spec scripts is not the right word, but they're 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 having more people who are not staff of the show write episodes. And, and See, here, here's in. the difference. People are always making excuses for new Simpsons, whereas people just still enjoy South Park. Oh, I'm not making excuses. I'm saying these are good. I'm saying these are, but this has been good additions to the show. Like I can put on a new episode of Simpsons and it's still good. I'm saying, yeah, I, I have made it a point to continue watching like the new South Parks when they come out. I don't do that with Simpsons. 
And The Simpsons is my favorite show ever. Yeah, I mean, The Simpsons is a better show, and there's just there's no two ways around it. M- larger cultural impact, funnier, better animation. Well, you know, it's all. I don't like the new Simpsons animation. I prefer the old Simpsons animation. Oh well, yeah, everyone prefers the old Simpsons. It, but that's the way all shows are done now. Is it's all it's all done digitally, and it makes it look way worse. Yes, I would tend to agree with that. But I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting... It's funny because like the early seasons of South Park are so much different than the later seasons of South Park where The Simpsons has remained relatively the same. Yeah. I mean, what's different about South Park? I mean, the first four or five seasons are like... There's nothing topical about... like South Park became a topical commentary show for 10 years. I, I, well, sure, I guess that's true. I don't know. I'll, I mean, they, also, they were doing I, episodes week of topics coming out. I don't know if I always love sort of like the nihilist, like none of this shit really matters anyway type philosophy uh, underpinnings of it. So maybe it's not always necessarily for me. And that's blocking my view of the hilarity of it. It really sounds like it is. Why don't you just get a better fucking sense of humor, pal? May, oh, shit. I guess, I guess, I guess that's true. I, 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 uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of South Park and not laughed, you know, like never been like, oh, this is bad or not funny or whatever. But like the, the, like the, to me, the, the, some of the funniest bits, or to me, like the funniest bits, very rarely do I think of like a PC principal joke in, in my life, but like a towelie bit can like send me to tears if I'm in the right mood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, you would probably prefer older South Park to newer. There's a, there was an episode this season where Garrison's no longer Trump. He's back to being Mr. Garrison, but they go to like South Carolina and he gets sucked into some late night rallying. It's amazing. I mean, like, and it's not even, it's not even that I, I think I even like disagree that much with uh, Trey and Matt. Like, uh, you know, it, I think we probably agree on, Why on do you a lot do of agree things. with people in order to find something funny. So, it's, things can be hilarious. Sure. And I, I, it's still like, but if the, also, another thing I don't love about South Park is that a lot of the humor is mean spirited, and I don't yeah. always love. I don't. I don't always. I don't always love that. And you just said Arrested Development. Like, is Arrested Development one of your favorite shows? Yeah, and definitely. that show is top, nothing top but mean spirited humor. Shit, I guess that's true. That's all it is. I guess that's true. Hey, you know, human beings to pretend that human beings have no contradictions or that we always make sense is. Uh, is is a you know it's it's an exercise in futility it is funny though because the the office i think the office is going to win this bracket based on the way that the voting has gone it's going to be that or seinfeld but most of the shows that remain are either super saccharine or very mean-spirited like scrubs is a very saccharine type show so is the office like the office is there's one episode of the office that's just dark and mean other than that it's a pretty friendly show like seinfeld is a mean show curb is a mean show arrested development yeah. is a mean show so is south park simpsons somewhat saccharine frazier somewhat saccharine so it's like an even split but it seems like the more that you get on the polls the more that people like it like i'm just seeing like the two one seeds that got passed i didn't do the seating by the way see it did but like friends and modern family just they, they stood no chance in an internet vote i guess i guess that's true i mean people tend to like things that are maybe that's just more of a symptomatic of like the the fucking culture war or whatever but yeah we we like things on the extreme you know oh of course and those shows are just kind of 
in the middle? Sure. Yeah. A- anything that's in the middle is going to be less memorable and le- it's just going to, it's going to create less of an impact. So a lot of these people are thinking about things, you know, what, I mean, so all, some of these shows ended fucking 15 years ago, longer even, you know? So it's going to, it's going to have less of an impression. And, and you really can't understate how much people's perception of these shows has been shaped by what memes they see on the internet. Like if a show is just repeatedly in the meme verse, it is really going to rock it up at standings. Like, can you name one Frasier meme that is, is popular? I, I can't, I don't think. No. And I, I mean, I've done the Frasier rant too many times at this point, but it's the demographic that we, like, let's say like I'm, not necessarily the highest end of this demographic, but close to the high end. I'm 38. So let's say 45 to 50 is the highest end of this bracket. Even if you're 45 right now, when Frazier was on the air, it wouldn't have been in your demo. So there's just a lot of people who have residual hate for that show because as a kid, why would you ever watch it? Well, yeah, I guess yeah I I would not have I would not have thought of it that way but I think you're probably correct like for whatever reason Seinfeld was so popular that even as a kid you would watch because everyone was watching it with Frasier although everyone was watching it like Frasier was always on in syndication but you'd see it's like oh this this is like in a an old person show like I don't understand what they're talking about that you know that's funny about Seinfeld is that it uh it it was such a show of its time like it's such a 90s show but it's still funny now like it it was the writing the writing was that good the characters are interact in such a way but it is such a fucking like you could never make anything like that now no but the entire premise of the show is the relationship between the four of them it's just them being like shitty characters in whatever random 90s situation that popped up and has and I mean obviously has such a huge like um there's this there's like f- this feedback mechanism where where all the writers who write shows now grew up watching Seinfeld and like try and recreate it in both the dynamics of the characters and the settings like you know every every uh, sitcom had they have like a place that they hang out to that's like not their homes that they have to go to like the the cafe or whatever like. It's all it's all very similar. Yeah, and it was the same thing with the you know, the early Simpsons writers. Then you know, taking staff writing jobs on Seinfeld or Frasier or whatever it might be. Like that's what they did after that. I mean, so the the, the Simpsons web spun so far out. I mean, so many uh, great writers and animators and stuff like got their start or went through the Simpsons offices at at one point. So I do have the one thing I want to talk to you about. Twitter and okay. th- Twitter and threads and blue sky. Nobody, blue, blue, nobody's blue ever fucking leaving Twitter. No one's ever going to blue sky. Is it no blue sky or is it blue threads? Ski? I, I don't think people know. I don't know. See, I joined. Why th- do people? I joined threads only because it was when someone said it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like linked to your Instagram accounts. It's like, oh, literally all I have to do is download this app and like it's all set up for me. Perfect. I'll make sure I get the handle that I want to get. Like I've. No, people aren't leaving Twitter. That's not happening. You're right. No one's leaving Twitter, dude. And it's funny because Twitter is the smallest of all of these social apps by far. But it's just the one that we navigate in. And people people who love Twitter love it a lot. That's what they want to, that's how they want to consume their social media. Like Instagram is way bigger than Twitter. Instagram is way bigger. Facebook is still way bigger than Twitter. TikTok's way bigger. Facebook's way bigger. 
there's just something about the type of person who's drawn Twitter, you know? Uh, yeah, it fucking sucks, but none of us are leaving. The site, the site like doesn't work and fucks up all the time. And there's always, it just always makes you feel bad. And it's just, you, you just got to keep clicking on it. Oh, it's funny. Mayor Pete is trending on Twitter at this moment. I wonder what he did. What did, what did old Mayor Pete do? Yeah. Uh, Google News search indicates that. Oh, he was oh, mocking DeSantis. Buttigieg mocks how Ron DeSantis is trying to prove his manhood. Well, I mean, I bet you that's going to uh, lead to some very healthy discourse online. Extremely healthy, extremely healthy discourse. Yeah, why not? So, yeah. Ugh. Just depressing, honestly, to talk about American politics. No, no, nothing invigorating or positive to be found here. I mean, there's a lot that has to do with first the seed, right? Like in business, you don't even always have to have the best product. But as long as you're first, that's always going to give you a certain amount of cachet. And for the way that Twitter works, especially in reporting news, not so much with interacting with people, but as a news source, like who cares about the Reuters feed, the AP feed, whatever it is, people just have Twitter lists and their Twitter feed that they curate to go through everything. And that's where they get their information from, or at least that's the aggregate source of the information where they can then spawn out to go find something else. Threads just exactly the same as Twitter, but no one's on it. <laughs> like, how's that going to work for anyone? And no one's going to get on it. It just, you know, <sighs> it did seem like I the first know. one that I don't want to say would take over Twitter, but it did seem like the first one that people actually went to that people like, might use. Like I remember sure. when Mastodon, Started up, I was like, I am not getting on fucking left-wing Twitter. That's not happening. The same reason I didn't join Truth Social. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think Mastodon was not even built for what people thought it was for. It's like a... I, I mean, I never fucking joined it because I, I'm very... I'm I'm able to be realistic about myself, which is that it doesn't matter if if Elon Musk was a, you know, a, a hood-wearing Ku, uh, Ku Klux Klan white nationalist like it just does i'm not leaving twitter it just it just does not matter so i i'm gonna not do the performative thing of being like you can find me at the the threads it's like fucking shut up it's so stupid i mean you know? someone's just gonna create an integrative app where whenever i post on twitter it will just link with my threads account and then i'll just post on yes. both exactly it'll never yeah. actually have I just, to be I... on it it'll just merge into one I, I, yeah, you are, you are hundred percent correct. No one wants to do the work. I mean, and I don't know, maybe there will be people who, who get on this platform and they find a way to make money off of it and they become thread influencers or whatever, like good, good for them. Um, I'm not going to take the initiative to do that though. You do love threads. Just in general, I don't love you threads, love threads I, on I, Twitter. Yeah. I hate threads, but it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta grow the account. You gotta get people there and, I don't know why they built this thing. I doesn't it doesn't make from like a why would Twitter pre, um preference this in their algorithm? It doesn't make any sense to me, but I mean even even doing like three tweets in a thread or whatever just skyrockets the visibility of anything. It's insane. I assume it has something to do with retention time on page. That if someone opens a thread, they're like sure. you know, they're likely to stay on that page, read not necessarily the entire thread, but a lot of it. Therefore, yeah, no, your tweet right. is showing a higher user capability on site and retention time. Therefore, the algorithm loves it. It's the yeah, same reason that like you're... my YouTube videos do really well in searches because 
although it doesn't have like you know 20,000 views or 200,000 views, the average watch time on one of my videos is like 35 minutes or something like that. So YouTube loves it because it keeps people on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that is that is legit. I mean, it's like, and like, you know, Twitter is, it throttles down links. They don't want you clicking off of Twitter. So if you're going to be on Twitter, if you're going to have this big account and you're trying to build your brand or whatever, um, you got you to play the game. I don't love it more than, I don't, I mean, I actually kind of like reading threads when I see them. Like, I like reading threads when they're thoughtful and insightful uh, and have good data or whatever. I don't love the threads made just to be a thread to get view counts. That's not always the best. Mm. I don't like the threads on Twitter. Well, no one, no, I mean, no one really likes them. People yeah, but prefer... now that you do them, it makes me dislike you. Well, you know, I mean, that's a trade-off I make. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I just, I thought, I thought about with that trade-off. I thought about doing it. I think I did one last year. I just listed a bunch of like football stats. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I wouldn't want to read this. And if it's something that I don't want to, if it's not something that I would personally consume, I have no interest in doing it now. I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do miss writing fantasy football articles and stuff. So it's a nice, it's a nice outlet in that sense and i there are some threads that i do read like jj does some ones that are pretty good um you know there are there's good information to be found out there that you can get without clicking off of twitter and i enjoy those those aren't bad but i mean once you see the prompt at the bottom if you like information like this follow me at da -da 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 -da. like just if you're gonna do a thread dump with like interesting stuff just do it like once you add what that you... last part of it if you you know, enjoyed my nine pillars of success and you too want to be a creator that makes seven figures a year. You need to follow me for da 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 da. It's like, oh, fuck right off. <laughs> like if you were saying that, you very clearly don't make seven figures a year doing this. That That's mainly the big problem that I have with it is this like, especially, especially. Oh, yeah, lying. It's, I mean, I'm sure it's fudging more than it's outright lying, but like- sure. I know I don't want to take success tips from some guy who's like not as successful as me. Well, I mean, yeah, but people. you, so, so you, something you have to remember and everyone should remember this is that not everything is for you and you can take what you like and leave the rest. Like threads are for fucking, th threads are for phone shitter, dude. Threads are for phone shitter, dude, Pat. No, That's Candy Crush is for phone shitter, dude. No, no, you know what I, like the, the DraftKings, phone lineup shitter guy that is who threads are for guy who guy who just wants to get on twitter and see some fantasy football stats just doesn't doesn't want to go to roto world doesn't want to sign up for the mayo media newsletter you know he should though it's free he should he should it is free and he should and he'd get better uh and information on a more steady schedule how's your newsletter doing too i had to fucking stop doing it because uh my company was like it's not cool bro it violates our agreement so i was like that's cool fair enough yeah i think i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna reconfigure it and do it uh as like a, a undecided undecided maybe maybe something with crypto maybe something with weightlifting i don't know yet we're we're gonna figure it out Oh I'm figuring God. it out though. Crypto and weightlifting. You're you're gonna make it. I can't wait for the day you make the alt right turn. No, that's uh, it's 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 so funny. Like I do, there is this current of like alt right stuff in both two of my favorite things: lifting weights and 
cryptocurrency and it always makes me feel weird because I, I i i always wonder at some point if someone's gonna be like this is our secret fucking alt-right handshake and i'm gonna be like Karl Marx, brother. Sorry, I can't. I can't align with you here. And Man, like the older you get, the, club. the the older you get, the more you're gonna make that turn. You'll see. I'm already thirty, man. Yeah, 30, All right, 30, I don't, he's not what... old. I I felt invigorated at thirty. I had lots of energy at thirty. Inching closer to forty, far less energy. Yeah, don't tell me that, man. Because my energy, my energy reserves are are lower than I'd like. Tell the people who might be watching this on my channel or listening to it on my feed about uh the, the cardio club which i think is a great idea well the cardio club is it's actually pretty cool basically uh it's exactly what it sounds like underdog fantasy they they started this thing with pete uh, our, our buddy peter over it was actually my idea this is actually i want i want it on the record that this was i started doing this first where i said i i would only allow myself to do these drafts when i was on the stairmaster as a way to get myself to do cardio and as a way to knock out all these drafts but basically you do an underdog best ball mania for draft. You do it while you do cardio or exercise. You tweet hashtag underdog cardio club uh, with your draft and with evidence of the cardio exercise. And you put it in a Google doc and you get rake back if you are in the cardio club. That's awesome. People should just do that uh, for DraftKings. Play on DraftKings, everyone. That that would be my advice to you. But I, I do. I, I do not let myself do static drafting like i cannot just fucking sit there and look at my phone like a fucking moron and just draft fantasy football teams i gotta do something i i would agree with you like I, i'm always trying to find things and i think that's the best way to get into cardio weirdly enough if that's something like and you yes. just do it while you're walking i mean you'd very hard to do when you're running wouldn't it i've done it running uh i mean obviously it's easier to do running on a treadmill than outside um stairmaster is is super ideal because you're your legs are moving really hard and your heart rate's really up, but you're, you're not jostling around really at all. Yeah. That's why I would think that like, you know, if I was, you know, pumping it at like eight on the treadmill, I'd have a hard time like focusing with my phone in front of me, trying to draft a team. I'd make a lot of miss picks and then you start sweating. And then you're like, your hand slides down. And sometimes when the water gets on your screen, it becomes somewhat unresponsive. Then you have to like wipe it off. I feel like I would just fall off the treadmill. But like, if you jack that thing up to like, you know, 15 on the incline, and get yourself up to like three and a half, four. And do that for an hour. And like you're you're in good shape. Exactly. I mean, I think a, a good rule of thumb for people if they're if they're trying to lose weight or change their life or work on themselves or whatever is just to fucking grind on whatever cardio thing you're doing until it says you burned 500 calories. Obviously, not going to be a good exact measurement. Um, the the machines never are, but it is going to just put you in a spot where you want to go. And that should be right about the time you need to finish a draft. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I have amended my workout routine a lot, actually, where I'm just doing like I'm, a lot. I'm not doing as much cardio as I used to do. And I'm trying to really switch it up between walking and running. And just so just some days I don't have a, the gas in me to go for like a five mile run anymore, even on a treadmill that just the incline walking, watch some TV, but I'm still at least trying to do 15 to 30 minutes of like heavy lifting before I do any of it. I mean, that's a, yeah. I mean, ideal strength, ideal program is five days a week of resistance training, four days a week of zone two cardio, one day a week of sprints, getting your heart rate as, like as absolute high as you can feel like you're going to throw up. And then one day of 
low and slow like zone three like a like a five mile run or whatever yeah i i don't even try to think about it in those terms it feels like you just try to optimize your entire life way too much and i feel like if you do that too often because i've tried to do this myself especially when it comes to like you you get in a guilt spiral you can get in a guilt spiral or if you fuck off for a day you feel like everything's completely thrown out of whack that it's hard to jump back in like i wasn't feeling well the, the past two days when i got back from this trip I worked yesterday. Uh, the first day I was back, I was just, you know, time zone shift, had the cold, had a cold, like it sucked. And then today, like, you know, I was thrown off from my regular routine of working out, but my regular routine of working out is like, just fucking move every day. So that was easy for well, me to get I mean, back on. Like, I, I think people try to overcomplicate, like you need to do this amount of resistance training and this amount of, you know, like you were talking about, like levels of heart rate with cardio, just fucking move. I mean, so the a priori thing before anything else is yeah just move if you just move seven days a week you're going to be better than like you if you just start moving it's going to be far better than if i send you a fucking email with like this is what you should do exactly for how many minutes every single day of the week because that's going to be too much for you and that's so dependent you're just not going to do that and that's so dependent person to person too like what works out what works for me workout wise in my body has a lot to do with like my body configuration which is what do they say there's like three types of body configurations it also has to do with the diet that i'm eating and how much protein i'm consuming or how many vegetables i'm eating or do i eat like shit and i'm just still trying to keep weight weight off well how do i balance that out so i don't gain too much weight like everyone's goals are different but everyone's lifestyle is different therefore that workouts can't be uniform across the board you need to be able to adjust it for what works for you and like i said like i don't have as as much time as you potentially i don't know that sounds kind of soft dude what that sounds that like being like oh i have this type of body or whatever what you you don't know people with certain like i know a guy who's shaped like a pear and he fucking works out and eats great he's still shaped like a pear he's in better shape but like that's just what his body looks like unless he gets surgery or takes drugs that's not going to change that's what i look like but i don't give myself that excuse i know my diet i know my diet shit I don't know. I, 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 I think that I think for health and fitness specifically blaming or or attributing thing to external factors or things you don't have control over is not helpful. I think you, I think, I, I think it's more impactful to, to own shortcomings and, and do with that what you but, will. I mean, these are natural shortcomings. There's nothing you can do to change your body physiology. I have never, I have not seen any convincing studies that, that like, uh, what is it? Ectomorph, endomorph, and something other morph are real things. Have you really looked at it? It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not true. I say, like, when you say you, there's no study you've seen, have you actually looked at studies of this? Cause I haven't. I just, it's like based on what I've seen from people, like I know people that are just naturally bigger. I know that people that are naturally thinner, like everyone's different in that way. Well, I mean, and people, I mean, there are other really small things that go into it. Like a lot of, like, I, my guess is, is that you have an extremely high non-exercise activity thermogenesis output. Yeah. My guess is that you are, are uh, twitching your fingers a lot and bouncing your feet and you make a lot of small movements throughout the day. And there are a lot of people who don't do that. And that neat, it's called neat, can be responsible for like 1500 calorie burn per day in people who are really high on it or really low and i'm a really low i I don't fucking move like when i'm at my house i'm a sloth and that 
it, and there are all these other little things that that we would attribute to like oh body type or genetics or whatever that it's it's not necessarily that clear maybe this so. is a this the, is a huge rabbit hole to go down. The, the the point i was trying to make is that once you start overcomplicating everything it can be the barrier for entry for a lot of people just becomes too yes. high because you feel like all this pressure to stick to this and stick to that in the moment that you don't do it then all of a sudden you're like you said a shame spiral or a guilt spiral or you just stop if the barrier is just fucking move. You want to lift some weights, lift some weights. You want to go walk on a treadmill. You want to go walk outside, take the dog for a walk, go to a park, fuck, pull the Andercust to go walk around the mall, whatever it might be. Just get yourself moving. And then you can increase everything from there, but just make that the barrier for entry. And when I see people talk about working out or health and fitness or anything like that, I feel like it all just boils back down to that one point, but no one ever starts there with it. It's, oh, here are the the eight things you need to be eating every single week. Follow me for more dietary advice. It's like, all right. Well, sure. I mean, you are, you are making the great point, which is that content is sort of produced for the top 10% of people. I think because people sort of like to imagine themselves that way. Whereas 90% of, of people could do very well with, uh you know eat less garbage move your body more your body's gonna feel a lot better if you don't just run but also lift weights like you you gotta you gotta do some resistance training like that could change people's lives uh but but also you can only make that video so many times right that that can only be a a, a fucking tiktok or youtube video or whatever so many times like you gotta get more in the weeds or whatever and it's it's a it's a it's a place where content creators are at odds with what their audience actually needs. I suppose that's true. I, I guess that's the one great thing about covering sports is that sports moves on. You always have new things to talk about. It's not like you're well. I've exhausted like my three tips on working out. I have ten more years to go on this. Exactly right. So like, and this is something um, you know. I mean, this happens with uh, with Huberman, who does like the he he he's like the number one sort of like health and fitness, bro science, like whatever type podcast. And, and he just had, he ends up regurgitating a lot of stuff and covering the same ground or whatever. Cause he does these crazy, like three hour long podcasts every single week. And there's only so much you can say, especially when he doesn't have a guest, it's better. It's better when there's no guest, but when he has no guest, uh, it tends to be a lot of very similar information. Interesting. You see, I dressed up as a cowboy at Stampede. No, but that that's a that's a Canadian tradition. I'm I'm uh, not not familiar with I, I, that that didn't make it to me. Yeah, it's funny because I lived in Calgary for eight or nine months back in 2000, 2009 to two thousand ten, and I was only there for like the worst periods of uh of Calgary, where it was like you know September through like the end of April, something like that. So I missed the summer there, and I was broke as fuck as the time. Uh, that's when I was first starting out, so I didn't really have the capacity to enjoy the city all that much uh, shout out to my buddy Artie, who without him letting me move in with him for no rent just to get out of like what i was doing here probably wouldn't be doing this right now so shout out to him I actually saw him when i was out there i borrowed his car to drive up into the mountains but it was a lot of fun like it's not necessarily for me and i didn't actually wear a cowboy hat i took my friends to take a picture i was actually wearing like a very tight t-shirt short shorts and fake diamond stud earrings just to make people mad at Stampede, because I'm still that person. The amount of like non-ironic cowboy hats and bass pro fishing hats and like NASCAR shirts was overwhelming. NASCAR in Canada? In Alberta. Uh, do, do, the, do they do NASCAR in Canada? Don't think so. 
That is, I mean, I guess it's just like a, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a signifier, you know, it's a symbol of like, I'm this type of person, but that's bizarre to me. Yeah. It was just... Not, 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 what's the Calgary CFL team? The Stampeders? The Stampeders, yeah. I, why not, why not like vintage Calgary Stampeders gear? I don't know. I, I actually have no idea why. It just, I, I was shocked to see that. Like I was kind of like, I went to a rodeo. That was pretty fun. I hadn't been to yeah. a rodeo in like 20 years. I mean, I think I I went to rodeos when I was young because I'm from a I'm from a small town in Kansas, so they were around. Like it's it's, it's you know, I see. Good, I found it was fun. fun. Yeah, but I found it was fun. Like baseball is fun. Like you kind of show up, you're there for two hours, and you just kind of get hammered. And you yeah, sure, you just hang out and get food or whatever. I, I yeah. didn't I didn't like how like I didn't quite know the rules of hanging onto a horse while it's bucking, and then they you know, they had the good bull stuff at the end of it. But like I couldn't bet on it with like from my phone or with anyone around me. I was like, I'd really like to be betting. Oh this yeah, that's horrible. Like they they are yeah, missing did, out on like wear, a good degenerate portion hat. of the audience that would want to bet on this and can't. Yeah, there should be like a like a dog track or whatever. There should be that should be an option, like a clear option. You should be able to bet on who wins, how long the guy stays on, or whatever. They they are missing out. I just DM'd you the uh, the picture, by the way. I did. Bro- this broke is, back uh, mayo. This is a... Broke back, dude. I don't think diamond earrings are. I don't think diamond earrings are your look. Oh man, I, I mean, I they wear wouldn't diamond be my earrings. look either. I, I usually don't wear uh, that big of diamond stud earrings in my day to day life. But you know, I was on vacation. I had to go all out on that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I think that diamond earrings. I probably thought were really fucking cool when I was like twenty two. Oh, I still. I mean, me and Tambo both rock the diamond stud earrings. I, I just always enjoy how like people see me in earrings on the internet and get very triggered by it. I think it's very. Funny. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I, I I can't I can't imagine these comments. No, the, and the comments are always great on it too because it's always like people who don't follow me who got real problems. It's like, all right, man. <laughs> it's just, it's a great, it's a great reminder that the internet is a terrible space and uh, people are fucking bet stupid and, you know, you just gotta, you gotta laugh it off. As I point out, no matter what sort of ridiculous outfits that I wear, I mean, if people remember what I used to wear at Fantasy all the time, is that when you look as good as me, Davis, you can wear whatever you want and still look good. That's the main difference. That's a great point. That's it's a great way- point. If you're handsome, if you're handsome enough, it don't matter. It don't, it don't matter. And I'm not even put, that put handsome. Old... Imagine if you were way more handsome than me. You could wear literally whatever. You could, yeah. I mean, Brad Brad Pitt, fucking throw whatever you want on him. That dude is gonna be ten out of ten any day of the week. Don't yeah, matter. Like, you can you can enhance like if if you're a real uggo, you can enhance how you look by dressing sure. sharper, form fitting clothes, no matter what it is. When you're attractive, you can dress down and still look good. Doesn't matter. It it just yeah, it just don't matter. In fact, in fact, it, that's like a whole thing. You know, like like being grungy and whatever when you're good looking is like a, a a lifestyle choice people make. For more fashion tips, follow me at the PME on Instagram. <laughs> there we go. Are we ready to land this plane? I think so. I think that's it for me. All right, everyone, the PME, Mayo Media. Let's subscribe on YouTube. <laughs> like it like like the episode smash smash like button smash it so fucking hard you need to buy a new iphone how about that punch your fucking phone punch your computer smash the like button uh follow the pme on twitter 
uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, subscribe to the Takecast, and uh, we will we'll both be back with you very soon. Experience. Experience.